Hello, and welcome to another episode of K-Drama Kraken. As usual, I'm your host, Chris. So, before you wonder if your eyes are deceiving you, yes, this review of Startup is just episode three. I'm sorry, but what happened was... Entirely the show's fault, y'all. There is a lot that happens in this episode. New characters are introduced, a new subplot is developing, and everyone is talking to each other. Which isn't really a bad thing at all. It's a great thing for the plot. And all of it is really well written and develops our characters so much. But because it's so well written, there is very little that isn't important. So by the time I'd finished my review, your girl over here had over eight pages of notes, okay? Just to help you compare, my review of episodes one and two of Startup combined were only nine. Therefore, in the interest of saving time and energy and producing more quality content for you, I'm going to have to break episodes three and four into separate pods. I didn't think y'all would mind because this episode is really flipping good and the few of you that do reach out to me are so sweet and kind. I don't expect flaming digital dog poop on my digital doorstep, but I thought I would explain. Episode four is coming next week. Perchance, if you do want to send me digital dog poop, please don't. I'm joking, and that would be funny only once. I I would laugh just once, though. You can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at kdramakraken. Visit the slightly neglected website, kdramakraken.com, and join the kdramakraken Facebook group. Flaming digital dog poop in my inbox might actually be illegal in some states, though, just to let you know. Um, There's also a really dirty joke in there that you should thank me for not expanding upon. All right, you're welcome. But for now, let's jump right into episode three. Episode three. This episode begins a bit in the past. We see Ji Pyong pulling Dosan away from meeting Daomi the first time in the square. In Ji Pyong's car, Dosan has pointed out Daomi's old letters and he's reading one out loud. Young Daomi asks if you've ever wandered aimlessly. She talks about how she let herself be soaked in the rain on a swelteringly hot day and walked for 30 minutes until it stopped. When she saw a beautiful rainbow that looked like it would grant her wishes, she realized that it was actually nice to wander once in a while. From time to time, teenage Dalmi says, it's nice to sail without a map. Dosan finishes the letter and doesn't understand. Why wander in the rain, he asks. Why think that you could wish on a rainbow? It's just reflected light. Jipyong, who clearly thought the letter was beautiful, sees that Dosan isn't someone who understands metaphor. When asked, Dosan admits that Korean was never his strength in school, but he was great at math and science. Of course he was. Frustrated, Jipyong says that Dosan is missing the key word of the letter. Dosan cluelessly asks what it is, and Jipyong realizes he has his work cut out for him. We finally return to the networking party where we left Dalmi at the end of episode 2. Dalmi is not fitting in, or rather, the people at the party are not her fit. She sees NJ and her mother looking elegant and speaking French with the partygoers when Dosan appears and surprises her. He asks if she's been waiting long, and, as we have already seen, she says yes and that she missed him. But before he can say more, Dalmi abruptly yanks him in for an awkward-looking hug. Petty mother and sister are approaching, and she quickly confesses that she lied to them about him. She told NJ that she sees him every day and that they think the two of them are a couple. Shocked at the contact and the confession, Dosan pulls away and Dalmi hugs him again, agreeing that it was ridiculous. She knows she was speaking nonsense, but Dalmi pats his shoulder and tells him to just play along. Dosan admits that he isn't a good liar, and Dalmi tells him she can't look like a fool tonight. She begs him, please, and latches onto his arm. Dosan looks flustered. Petty mom and sister approach, and the conversation is awkward, to say the least. NJ says she thought Dalmi was hiding because she was looking for her, and Petty mom says she could hardly recognize her. She's grown up so much. 
Dalmi replies formally to her mother, saying that she's changed a lot as well, and we see that her mother is thrown off. She asks that Dalmi call her mom, but her daughter doesn't reply. NJ focuses on Dosan, standing like a statue next to Dalmi. She introduces herself professionally and asks Dalmi if she can say that she's her sister. Dalmi doesn't look comfortable, but says sure, and NJ immediately talks about how much Dalmi bragged about him, how they're going to fund a company together. With the spotlight on him, he initially says no. NJ narrows her eyes and asks about the company they said they were supposed to start, and Dalmi flounders, her hold on his arm loosening. But Dosan snaps out of it. He pulls her hand right back onto his arm and clarifies that Dalmi meant that they would be working together. He asked her to join his company as CEO. He says that Dalmi doesn't trust the company yet and asks for them to convince her. Dalmi looks relieved. Petty's sister says she needs to know what he does in order to convince her and asks for a business card. It's garish, brightly colored cardstock, reminiscent of retro businesses, and all of the ladies grimace at it. He introduces himself as the CEO of Samsung Tech, and Dalmi questions the title, then has to catch herself in front of her whole family, saying that she's amazed every time she hears it. NJ looks down her nose at the card, saying it looks pretty unique. She asks at what round of the funding the company is at, but Dosan doesn't understand her. She asks if he's received any funding at all, since he doesn't know what that means. And as Dosan flounders, Jipyeong comes out of nowhere with a quick answer. He tells the group that Dosan's company is at seed stage, pre-series A, and his company is interested in it. Petty Sister is surprised. When Dalmi asks who he is, he introduces himself and pulls Dosan aside under the guise of talking business. Thankful for the save, Dosan follows him and they have an overly loud, fake conversation, and Jipyeong tells him to laugh at nothing. Dalmi and her family look on from across the room. Petty Sister looks unhappy that whatever plans for public humiliation she had had been thwarted, but their mom seems impressed. She tells Dalmi that Dosan appears to be doing well. Dalmi, caught in the middle of hard eyes, collects herself and tells her mother that they're birds of a feather. Jipyeong wants to know what's up with Dosan. He reminds the younger man that he made him no promises in business, and when Dosan says he knows, Jipyeong is still suspicious. Does he really just want to help? Dosan says he did, but he wasn't certain how helpful he really was. Jipyeong affirms that people already think Dosan is a hotshot just by his appearance, and of course because Jipyeong is talking to him. He says that all they have to do is keep talking about anything, and they begin to recite the Korean national anthem to each other in a dramatic fashion, hilariously responding to each other as if they're in deep discussion. Petty Sister is across the room staring and seething. Offhand, she chides Dalmi that she should have told her that Dosan was in her industry, because she could have helped him before she returned to the States. Dalmi grins as she says that it doesn't appear as if he needs her help at all. Even Mom cracked a smile at that one. I think this scene was a great blend of tension, drama, and hilarity. It wasn't a long scene, but it felt like so much happened here. Dosan coming into his own a little more, being creative in order to help Dami, who he doesn't even know, but he feels a kinship with. We watch him take the initiative and put her hand back on his arm, as if to say, don't worry, you can trust in me. That was the highlight of the scene for me, honestly. Uh, he made a commitment to himself in the moment and forced himself outside of his comfort zone for her. And Jipyong using some of that swag to save the day. I rejoiced even though I was still annoyed with him about the end of the last episode. It doesn't matter. Petty Sister had very little to say in the company of her more successful peer, and Dalmi clocked that right away. Uh, although I still have very little care for Petty Mom, it was nice to see what appeared to be a genuine want to see Dalmi succeed, and she seemed happy to want to connect with her again, even if the relationship is strained.
Maybe the show will redeem her by actively having mom work to repair what was broken there. Dosan and Jipyong also have really great chemistry with each other. I cackled as they recited the anthem to each other and put on a show for the rest of the room. It was a much needed break in the tension from earlier on in the scene. Petty mom and sister are leaving the party with Daomi. Petty's sister, being Petty, says their mother's husband is coming soon and that Daomi should say hi. Great job ruining the moment, Nuna. Daomi asks why. NJ's father is not Daomi's father. They no longer share the same last name. Her mother, for some reason, seems alarmed at the reminder, but her sister seems to relish the idea of a confrontation. Thankfully, Dosan is there to awkwardly bow goodbye to the ladies. Jipyong realizes that the younger man fully intends on telling them that he's leaving to catch the bus and jumps in to walk Dosan to his car. Jipyong's car, that is. He asks if Dosan can drive, finds little confidence in his answer, and is annoyed when he has to explain to the younger man that he's loaning him his very expensive car so he can take Dao Mi home. Like a doubtful older brother, he tells Dosan to be nice to her and to just nod and smile because he doesn't think the young man is capable of conversation. Be quiet and good looking, then escort her home and cut her off with some common excuse, he says. Not a terminal illness like Dosan originally suggests, a simple excuse like he has a girlfriend and is engaged. Clueless, Dosan says that isn't true, he's never even dated, and Jipyong tells him that that's nothing to be proud of. He needs to return the car right away and not get sidetracked, he says. Dosan's voice cracks when he tells Jipyong that he can do this. While Daomi waits for her ride, her mom awkwardly and out of flipping nowhere asks her for a hug. Like, what? Petty's sister looks at her like she's crazy. So am I. I'm looking at her like she's crazy too. Daomi doesn't even get to say anything, though, before her mom glomps onto her in front of everyone's salad. Daomi drops her purse in shock. Her mother says that she knows she must think she's shameless. Yeah, I do at least. But she did miss Daomi, and she worried about her a lot. She apologizes, glad to see that she's grown into such a wonderful young lady. Daomi starts to return the hug, but thinks better of it, pulling away and saying that it's hot. They should just talk separated. Her mother apologizes again. Daomi appears to brace herself before saying that now her mother sees that she's okay. She's doing well in dating. She's grateful for the choice she made that day, to stay with her father. She says that her mother has no need to feel sorry and that she shouldn't worry about her anymore because her life will get even better. She knows she isn't as successful as NJ, but she asks her mother to give her three years since her sister is three years older. Daomi will outdo her, she says. They should bet on it. Only 10,000 won, though, since their grandmother would consider it gambling if it's more than that. Petty sister says that it won't be easy, and Daomi says that she knows, and that's why she's eager to work with Dosan. She'll try to get to a Steve Jobs level, so NJ shouldn't try to outdo her until then. Their mother watches them and seems disappointed at the rivalry. Daomi promises that she won't let them down. She'll be a good opponent. Dosan arrives with the car, and her mother stops Daomi as she goes to leave. She hands her daughter the purse she dropped and tells her sadly that bluffing without a real plan makes her a fraud. Trying to sort things out afterward just makes her like her father. Wow. She gives her a wistful smile, touches her cheek, and says she's rooting for her. Daomi turns around, barely holding in her tears. Jipyong can see that she's breaking in front of her family, while Dosan is blind to her distress, fiddling with the GPS when Daomi can only ask him to drive. He finally sees that she's crying, and she begs him to just drive away. He thankfully does, and Jipyong hops in a cab to follow them. Daomi tries to collect herself, wondering out loud why her mother has to confuse her like she just did. 
Dosan offers her tissue and accidentally drops the top on the convertible, searching for the air conditioner. Dalmi doesn't mind, though. She's never been in a convertible before. She mentions that her house is in the opposite direction, but doesn't care that Dalsan can't turn around. She's okay with looking across the river to see the fireworks display over Sandbox. Jipyong even stops worrying for a second to look at it. Dalmi calls the display pretty, and Dosan agrees, looking at Dalmi instead. Ooh. He says he's hungry, and when Dalmi agrees, he speeds up. Back at the party, Petty Mom isn't happy to see her estranged husband arrive with his son, Sang Su. She asks an attendant to call her a cab and doesn't even want to speak to him. She's been emotional all day, she says, and isn't in the mood. NJ wonders why her father came with her stepbrother, and her mother tells her that NJ's party was organized so that the young man could build connections. NJ doesn't understand why Sang Su is getting special treatment when he's her secretary, but her mother reminds her that her father is the one letting him work for her so that her brother can learn how to run the company, not be a secretary. Her father wants him to see how NJ works hard, and then he's going to allow her brother to steal everything away and take all the credit. NJ thinks the idea is ridiculous, but her mother calls her a fool. Her brother is a weasel, and NJ is clueless. She has to be sly or mean right now. Meanwhile, Ji Pyeong has followed Dosan and Dalmi to the riverside, where the older man is distraught to see his car parked near pedestrians. The couple isn't far away, though. They're both eating ramen and ice cream on a park bench. Dalmi wants to explain the situation with her family, and asks why Dosan hasn't asked her yet. Dosan makes her laugh when he blurts out that he was being the quiet, good-looking guy. Dalmi admits that she isn't going to be the quiet, good-looking girl, because she wants to know everything about him. His family, his friends, the things he likes. She wants to know, even when he tells her he's so boring that he bores his own family. He tells her anyway, though, and Ji Pyong wonders what the heck they're talking about as he hides behind his car, looking like a creeper. When Dosan finishes, Dalmi calls his interest cool and interesting and completely disarms him. He gets a text from Ji Pyong asking him what he's doing and telling him to drive her home already. Dosan looks around and finds the older man watching them. By his side, Dalmi asks him if his girlfriend texted him. She says quickly that she can walk home for where they are. He can go. And Dosan sees that she's giving him an out. He starts to leave, thinks about the criticism he's gotten the past few days from his father, from Ji Pyong, and the promise that Dalmi showed for him in her letters and turns around. He asks her if she's opened the music box she wrote about, and she says yes. He asks her how it sounded, and she replies that it sounded wonderful, giving him a thumbs up. To Ji Pyong hiding behind the car, Dosan says that he thinks he knows the keyword now. Sail off without a map. He walks back to her, thinking that he finally understands that he wouldn't mind getting lost, as long as it's with Dalmi. He gives her his business card and confesses that he doesn't have a girlfriend, has never had one since he went to an all-boys school, and Dalmi looks ecstatic at the news. She says she hasn't dated either, because of Dosan. He says she can call him anytime and even gives her the baseball she paid for. Ji Pyong thinks the whole situation is nuts. Back at Ji Pyong's house, he asks Dosan what he was thinking, keeping in contact with Dalmi. He asks what he plans to do to her. Keep lying? He tells Dosan not to talk to her anymore, and the young man agrees, as he replies to a text she sends him. He's so happy that he received a text from a woman other than his mom that he doesn't even notice Ji Pyong's sarcastic congratulations. But Ji Pyong can't help himself. He wants to know what she said.
Dalmi thanks Dosan and says she owes him. She asks him what he's craving, and Ji Pyong looks on in horror as Dosan replies, fried chicken. And then, once the younger man sees his face, he asks for a 128 gigabyte flash drive. As if talking to a child, Ji Pyong tells him to delete his message and ask him before he replies to Dalmi. He tells Dosan to say that he doesn't need anything because she's already thanked him and to wish her sweet dreams. Dosan pauses at the mild flirtation but sends the message, even deleting the key keys he added at the end, at Ji Pyong's insistence. Dalmi, holding her phone in one hand and Dosan's card in the other as she lays in bed, is elated at the message. When her grandmother comes home, she tells her all about meeting her first love and how perfect the meeting was. Mrs. Chui is surprised to hear that he's handsome and successful when Ji Pyong told her the opposite. And the next day, the investor is still going on about how much help Dosan needed from him. Mrs. Chui thinks about how Dalmi gushed over how Dosan's work in AI is in the hottest field and how modest he is. Dalmi calls him an angel for driving her home like a gentleman. Yet the next day, Ji Pyong calls Dosan a psychopath devoid of emotion, like a robot. Dosan seemed like a gentleman to Dalmi because Ji Pyong was sweating buckets behind the scenes, covering for him. Mrs. Choi cynically thanks him for his hard work at first, but does acknowledge that he did her a big favor. She explains that Dalmi thought that God had given her a gift last night because of all the tragedy she'd been through before in her life. She thought that last night was a dream and that she would never forget it. Ji Pyong looks touched but says Dalmi's overreacting. He'd tidy up the situation and keep Dosan away. To which Mrs. Chui tells him not to worry about it anymore because she intends to tell her granddaughter the truth about everything. Life isn't a dream. It was time to wake Dalmi up. Ji Pyong asks her why when she'll be so disappointed. Mrs. Chui says it's better to tell her the truth now. She thanks Ji Pyong and says she'll do it soon. Ji Pyong that night has trouble sleeping and even his AI can't give him a solution. We get to see NJ's company, Nature's Morning. She's working with the team and planning her flight back to the States that day when she's informed that there's an unplanned board meeting that night. Her father arrives with her brother Sang Su, saying that he planned the meeting and wanted to discuss something with her before she left. That sounds ominous. At the meeting, he says she looks tired, a sentiment to which her brother is quick to agree with, when her father says that he thinks she's been selfish in giving her too much to handle. He suggests that she give over control of the Korea branch of her business while she handles the U.S. division. She thinks back to what her mother told her the night before about her father stealing her job right out from under her nose. Apparently, dad moves fast. Her brother puts on a show of declining the offer. She points out that he's right. Employees wouldn't be happy at the sudden change, nor will the investors. But both father and son are quick to break down the percentage shares. Between the both of them, they own 80% of the company. So really, what does it matter what anyone else thinks, they say. Her father makes it clear to her that he's not really asking her permission. Her brother will run the board meeting that night and handle the transfer of power while she flies back to the U.S. He has the nerve to laugh and consider the move a gift so she can focus on her work-life balance. NJ thanks him, raging internally. Dalmi is treating her co-workers with the gift certificate she received. They're certain that her contract will be renewed, and she doesn't tell them that she's been asked to quit in order to go right back to the same position. As they wait for the elevator to go back to work, a delivery man asks their group how to get to the CEO's office. He's told that it's not accessible taking the elevator that they're waiting for, and as Dalmi watches him walk away, she thinks, finally telling her co-workers that she doesn't think she will renew her contract. She packs up her desk that afternoon. The HR manager, of course, doesn't understand. Does she have any complaints that they can resolve? 
but Dalmi explains that she wants to be on the 32nd floor, where the CEO is, and the elevator that she's on won't take her there. She needs to get on one that will. The HR manager objects, telling her that they won't be able to find her replacement. He says that people with a sense of responsibility are hard to find, but she just smiles. Then the manager tells her to think about the company, which is honestly the worst thing you can say to someone you refuse to promote. And at that, she respectfully bows and walks past him. A co-worker supportively says she's rooting for her and asks if she wants a gift or dinner. Dalmi eyes a money tree that the other woman received, wishing her success, and leaves holding it in her arms. At Ji Pyeong's office, he's debating putting his faulty AI in a presentation when he receives a text from Dosan showing him a message from Dalmi that says she wants to bring him her newly acquired money tree. She says she's headed to the address on the card, and Ji Pyeong freaks out, knowing that their ruse to seem like a hotshot will be over as soon as she sees the rundown rooftop business. He leaves immediately and calls Dosan to lament over how unpredictable this woman is, and he tells the team what they're actually going to do. He brings Samsung Tech into his home, setting up their computers in his dining room and giving the guys suits to impress Dalmi when she shows up. Somehow it works, and Dalmi meets Dosan's friends. She questions why Ji Pyeong is there, but instead explains that she came to bring him the plant, and that she was so inspired by the, how competent he is at a young age that she quit her job. Everyone is stunned. She says confidently that she plans to start a company, and Ji Pyeong thinks that everything keeps getting worse. Petty's sister is leaving for the U.S. when she sees her mother waiting outside for her. She asks her why she's there, and her mother says that she wanted to see her off. Offer her a ride to the airport, or maybe her office? She expects NJ to be nice and try to curry her father's favor in order to save her position in the company, but NJ does her one better. When they arrive at the board meeting, NJ announces that she's leaving the company entirely. She thanks her father for teaching her the valuable lesson that a CEO without shares is like chewed up gum. She's going to start another company on her own. Her mother is aghast and tells her she didn't drive there for her to throw a tantrum. But NJ replies that this is the only time she's been wronged enough to do so. And so she knew she would have to give up everything so that she didn't appear shameless, like her mother. Her mother asks her if she's happy now, and NJ says that she is, that her mother should give it a try. As NJ leaves, her mother shouts if she feels free, giving up everything that she's worked so hard to build. And we finally see NJ break just a little sobbing as she mutters, no. What follows is NJ getting a makeover, cutting her long hair into a short bob and driving straight to Sandbox, where we also see Dalmi. The Samsung gang is packing up at Ji Pyong's house when he hands them two million won in cash for doing what he originally asked. Yongsan asks for how long they're going to have to keep up the lie, and Ji Pyong says they won't have to. Mrs. Choi plans on telling Dalmi soon. Dosan wonders if she has to tell her the truth at all if they get into Sandbox. In his estimation, the worst lie was that they weren't a hotshot tech company, but if they get into Sandbox, that can change. As for the letters, Ji Pyong is the only one who has to keep that secret, since he was the one who wrote them. Ji Pyong immediately dismisses the idea, though. The business has no clear plan, and it won't get into Sandbox. Looking at his phone, Cholson starts to cry a little bit, but Ji Pyong doesn't let up. He advises them to stop wasting their money and get another job. Also, get out. Thankfully, Cholson isn't paying him any more attention. He was crying because Samsam Tech won the CODA competition. They won by a huge margin, too. Dosan happily shows Ji Pyong the results on his phone, asking him if their win shows the potential he just told them they lack. 
At Sandbox, we see Daomi, NJ, and Dosan all put their wishes up on a wall at the company. Later that night, even Jipyong adds his own, that he wants to repay his debt. He runs into Miss Yoon, who asks him if he's planning on starting a company, and he asks instead to join the program as a mentor. There's a company he has his eye on, he says, who he hopes won't get in. Um, isn't a mentor supposed to not show bias? But he says he wants to help just in case they do get in. He won't tell her who they are, though. As they leave, we see another wish on the wall, this one much less optimistic, to get revenge. The Samsung gang is filming an acceptance video since they can't make it to the ceremony in San Francisco. Dosan is dressed up like Steve Jobs, and his cousin is doing the job for free, or really for 1% share in his company. Dosan's English isn't the best. I feel you, Dosan. I'm working on my Korean, for real. And he wonders if they even need to do it as he struggles. Chosan reminds him that this was all his fault in the first place for shutting off the power when his parents showed up. The guy suggests that they use catchphrases like, we are the future, we need a partner, we'll make a lot of money to make a big impact. Dosan proceeds to scream these things at the camera, and his cousin says, that's good, he doesn't need to do any more. With this edit, the video will be great. Dosan disagrees, but is swayed, even though the guys also have their reservations. Chosan is especially wary of the green screen, but since they can't pay the cousin, they just thank him for his help. Ji Pyong is back at Mrs. Chui's corndog stand to ask her to dinner. At the same time, we see Chosan and Yongsan explaining to Dosan that in order for the business to be global and get attention, they needed to have the acceptance video. Dosan still thinks that local investors are a good fit for them, though, especially Ji Pyong, who he says has the same objective as them, making the business successful in order to not disappoint Dao Mi. At dinner, Ji Pyong is proving Dosan right. He tells Mrs. Choi to hold off from telling her granddaughter the truth because he's going to make Dosan a decent man. She asks how he intends to do that. Going through all this trouble makes no sense, but he tells her that he's been losing sleep over this unpaid debt that he's had with her for 15 years. Why all of a sudden is he losing sleep, though, she asks, to which Ji Pyong doesn't have an answer. He brings up Daomi's dream that she was so happy the night that she met Dosan, and that there's no way Mrs. Choi would want to take that away from her. He certainly doesn't. He says to just let Daomi live her dream, and he'll make Dosan a decent man. Mrs. Choi isn't convinced. She says to herself that if Ji Pyong didn't have this debt to her, she would almost think. She dismisses the notion, saying that there could be no way. Chosan is still working through Dosan's logic puzzle. He gets that Ji Pyong would want to help Daomi because they go back a long way, but he asks why Dosan wants to get involved. She's practically a stranger. It makes no sense, and Dosan agrees, and yet he still doesn't want to let her down. Yongsan, smart kid that he is, asks if maybe Dosan has feelings for Daomi. Mrs. Chui slowly asks Ji Pyong the same thing Does he have feelings for Daomi? We get a side-by-side -side shot of Dosan and Jipyong. Jipyong looks confused, but says no hastily. Yet Dosan smiles and nods. Daomi emerges in the middle, snoring at her desk. In the post-credits, we see the Nam's family and friends celebrating Samsam Tech's Coda win. Dosan's parents are finally proud, and his cousin wants everyone to focus on the clip they recorded. And what an acceptance clip it is. Dosan introduces himself, and then the video turns into a 90s hip-hop pipe dream, with all of the impactful screams included, especially the part about them making money. Money, 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 money.
shouted from a flaming valley, a CG motorcycle, a snowy mountaintop, and even the heavens. As Dosan punches his own hand, digital money rains down on him and his face is superimposed on currency. The short clip ends with him back to normal, waving at the camera and saying bye. Ji Pyong falls off his treadmill. Dosan's family can't even respond. His mom just turns off the television. The Samsung boys look dejected as they watch it. Not surprisingly, Dosan gets a text from his cousin that he should stay away from the home for a little while. And that's the end of episode three. I absolutely love this episode, but oh my God, as I rewatched it, I didn't realize that so much happened. This was as eventful as the premiere episode in that it set up a lot of our characters for the next step in their story. I certainly didn't expect Petty's sister to quit her job, nor did I expect for Ji Pyong to delude himself to quite the extent that he's gone to in order to stay in Dalmi's orbit. I love that he has no idea why he's acting the way he is. As much as he ragged on Dosan for not understanding people, he's just as blind to his own emotions. At least Dosan is somewhat honest, if not very manipulative, about his feelings. As for this small drama with Petty Mom and her no good, very bad husband, are we supposed to care? Like, this screams like rich people problems, and I'm really invested in our girl Dami just getting back on her feet. So whatever happens with Petty Mom, I hope she has some savings. For once, I agree with NJ. Give it all up and save yourself humiliation, girl. Walk away. As much as I liked NJ's move away from her father's safety net, I do kind of resent that she's unknowingly following Dalmi into Sandbox. The rivalry between the sisters is not really needed, but I get that it's a major conflict in this drama for some reason. I know it's going to lead to some sort of self-discovery and moving from the past into the future, but I actually hope that they are both successful in this because not only is it their dream, but not something that someone should win at the expense of someone else. You feel me? But don't get it twisted. I am still 100%, 1000% team Dalmi. Thankfully, Dosan and Ji Pyong are as well. So that's it for episode three. I really hope you enjoyed it. It was a lot. I, I think I read it kind of quickly, but it, it was a lot. Again, you can reach me on my socials at Instagram and Twitter at kdramakraken. Visit the website at kdramakraken.com and email me at kdramakraken at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it cracking. <laughs>